Look into Psalms tonight, Psalm 23, verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now that's a statement. I actually tried to think of a better or maybe even equal statement to like that one to that some anyone would like apply to their life and I drew a blank a little while later I start to think again I thought there must be something similar my mind just couldn't go there I don't know how to improve on a statement like this I don't know how anyone would not want this statement tied to their life in fact, I visualize, I'm pretty sure, I can just can't imagine anything else, of even the hardest criminal, the one that would say, I really don't believe there's a God. I can't imagine anyone even like that saying, no, I don't care whether I have this tied to my life or not. I think anyone would grab this and say, please let it be. What a wonderful statement. You know, when we... Uh, it has the words. Uh, it has the word surely and will. Now those two words can be have different connotations when they're used in a sentence. Depends on who's saying it, what kind of a person that is, what the subject matter is. They could be used in a demanding manner, in a manner that's even my right, or I deserve this. They could be used in a, right, the opposite, even when it comes to this verse, someone say, well, oh, I hope, I hope, I, I high hope, I, I dream hope of such a thing, but yet that's all the relation they have to it, but it's just a dream hope. But this connotation here would be definitely more of a conclusion, a result, end, of what to expect. And what that means, what to expect from, you would have something building to be able to come to a conclusion. In fact, you could even do that in your... You're budgeting. More, more likely, sometimes you thought, well, if it goes this way, this way, and this way, uh, if we could manage to save this much, this much, this much, how much by here would we have? Well, then surely we would have this much. Well, so a little more conclusion like that. And so this is following promises of God and what has already been taking place along the way is what made David say these words. And, when, and that type of thing affects our view of tomorrow. That kind of thing affects our view of eternity regarding ourself. They're action words. In fact, in 1 Peter 1.3 calls it this, a lively hope. That's an action, in action moving 
Reality, hope, it's active, it's alive. In verse, quickly looking at the, at the, the previous verses, 23, the first verse says, is my, is my. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Personal, very personal. And it's a matter of fact, it's an action. He is, he not is going to be. The Lord is right now. He is my shepherd. That is an established point. He's my shepherd. I know that. I know he's my shepherd. I have reasons to know he's my shepherd. I can count the reasons. I know he's my shepherd. He is my shepherd. Verse, verse 2. Has maketh and leadeth me. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. There again. Is action and action Right now. I'm right in the middle of this thing with the Lord. Right now, he and me are right in the middle of this. And he leading me along the way. In the middle of all of my days. Verse 3 has the words, Restoreth and leadeth. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. you can make sense of this word, this phrase, continues to continue. I don't know if that makes much sense to you, but I think it does in the gospel. It continues to continue. It has continued, but it continues to continue. And it will continue to continue. He restoring my soul for his righteousness, his Leads me in the paths of righteousness. So that means a change has happened. I'm not sinning. I'm in the paths of righteousness. Some things have happened in our lives already, and we're now a child of God. And this is for His namesake. All about, now it's all about God instead of myself. Now I have something to share. Sound like a testimony. I have something to share to the world. This is where I've been. David is saying, has said in this psalm, in, in, in verse 3, has the word walk. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Walking is moving. We're not standing still. Sometimes it seems you stand still and you're almost going backwards. Yes, that's true. That's about life. And I can be that way and feel that way in a Christian life. But that's for the momentary. But on the whole, it is walking. In death, facing death, yes. But he's walking through the valley, the shadow of death. He hasn't gotten there yet. He is quoting these words he walking or near death. Many times we can be in places where we feel that we're shot, we're walking very close to death. We don't know what's going to happen next. 
I don't know how long things are going to last for me. Things are critical. We might even be in a situation where we just realize God salvages from certain death. We're walking along with the Lord. David, many times as he praised and loved the Lord and followed the Lord, looked to the Lord to do the right thing, though he was plagued and followed and plagued by King Saul who tried to slay him and even would think sometimes, surely at some time I'm going to die at the hand of Saul. He's walking through the shadow of death, not knowing what's next. But God is with him. God, he, was, he is experiencing the Lord, his rod and his staff. Those things are very tangible objects. They're objects of help, of great help, in distress, in stability. It's a form of God's comforting, God's assurances. All along the way, we can feel, we can see, we can know. We are walking with the Lord. And God is doing things all along the way. Verse 5 is is how real they all are. Thou preparest a table for me in the presence of mine enemies. You can imagine such a thing. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Really? In the presence of mine enemies? He's with the Lord. He's experiencing the things of God. Well, what are these things? For sure, goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy. All along the way, every step I take, I turn around with the Lord as as my shepherd. Goodness and mercy is there all the time. The Psalms were written through the experiences expressed in Psalm 23. All the Psalms were written pretty much centered around these, these, the core, these very things. And we are, but we are focusing on verse six. After being, after David being able to say things like in Psalms 37, I have been young, but now am old. But never have I seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. To say a thing like that, it's no wonder he could immediately go right in to say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And of all this, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's a conclusion of what's all been happening all along the way. Jeremiah 29.11 puts it this way. Now Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet. Any minister or prophet would not have wanted to trade places with Jeremiah. He was born at a time when, when Israel and Judah were at their absolute lowest. They were at the very brink of finally completely being severed from God, from their continual rebellion and sin. And finally, but here's someone to finally say the last warning, and here happens to be Jeremiah in his generation. So he gets the job. 
And so all of his messages are constantly, woe, 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 Israel, Judah, listen, for the last time, he's weary, don't I have another message, I want to give something else. But the fact is, with all of that, who God really is and what it's all about, Jeremiah said in 29.11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. That's another great way to say it, isn't it? An expected end. A conclusion. A result of where if I follow God, this is where it's going. This is what it's all about. This is the road. The Christian road's a road. It's a journey that God alone has placed us on. It's God's road. And when you're on a certain road, there are certain things on that road and on that road only. And it goes to that road has a certain destination other roads aren't going to. They have their own destination. This road has eternal life with, with Christ as the destination. And all these things along the way, as we read in Psalm 23. Well, no wonder he could say, well, surely I'm still on this road. And the end, it ends in, in, in heaven. And so, with all of this, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all, all the rest of my life here. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The old gospel song called it the Jericho Road. I like that. The Lord said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. This is God's way. Active and going. Are you on it? We've got to be on this road. We have to be. Difficult and un- unexpected things come along. Look at David. Yes, they are. We don't have to know what's ahead because we know God is our shepherd. We know what's already God already been doing. We are so thankful. We're familiar daily with the, with the goodness and the mercies of the Lord. The mercy, goodness of God. And we can't, re- we can't help but know it if we're on this road. If you're on this road, you know you're on this road. For the very reasons what we even read in 23. And it says, they will follow us. Now, I don't know how we may have usually observed that on how goodness goodness and mercy following us. We always want them to be there. And we always want to be there ahead. But it says they follow us as well. They're part of our testimony. They're part of what we've already been through. But did they disappear? No, they're following us. All those things, each day of victory... Each thing that's come along the way that you look to God about and you thank God for, they're following us. They don't disappear. They're following us. They're still there. We might have forgotten about them, but they're following us. They are there. Yes, uh, they used to be, uh, we used to have other things following us before we come to the Lord. First Timothy says this, First, but thank God we turned to the Lord. And we, and we, it became about God for the, for His name's sake. In 1 Timothy 5, 20, 
24 says, Some men's sins are opened beforehand, going before to judgment. That's repenting and turning from the Lord. And some men, they follow after. If we're not on God's road, we have sin and all of the deeds of sin following us every day. And they're ahead of us unless we change our way, our direction. But the sinner, but the, but the, the Christian, that's gone. New things are now in place of sin and all the deeds of them. God's goodness and mercy have come our way, and now they're stacking up behind us. Not a bad thought. Maybe they're ahead, they're already behind you as well. They're backing you up. They're already following you. And the sta- and it's getting bigger all the time. Uh, there, there's always, you know, there's always new items to pray about. It's amazing how they can just, we have an earnest thing, and then we thank God that it's behind us, and we got through something, or God answered something, and sure enough, we got something else today. There's an urgent thing now. We need to pray about. That's why we have prayer lists. You notice our, our prayer lists never do run out. They change, but they never run out. That's true. But that's all part of, you read that in the 23rd Psalm in the middle of it all. And, but what happens to all of those things where we're through that? Thank the Lord we got through, got through that trial. Thank the Lord he took care of that. And all those little things, when you think all the big things, every little thing, what about all the things we never even knew about? That God had his hand over and protected us. His goodness and mercy, they're following us. We don't even know what those are. But they're stacking up along with the ones we do know. We think this certainly isn't a, a difficult and an easy to get veer off out of the love of God. Absolutely not. We even have the, the, the goodness and mercy already behind us, backing us up, helping us. And we can always look to them and draw from them. But they're there. That's how much we're surrounded with them. And all these little things, as they're no longer there, they have to go back behind us. And on that big pile of God's goodness and mercy. And they're our pile. They're your pile. Your pile alone. Your mountain of mercies and goodness that only you have the right to be able to, you can even know about. Only you can really talk to God about them. Only you can really share with other people what all those things are. The tragedy, as far as us being human, is, you know, the bigger a stack gets, if you keep throwing things on there, you knew very well at the time what it was you threw in that stack. But out for a little bit, try to remember everything you threw, you put in that stack. That would certainly be God's uh, goodness and mercy, but they're all there whether we can even remember them or not. And only we can properly thank the Lord for them. Only we can. So we got a job there. They're each our own. They're vital. They're vital to have there. Goodness and mercies of God are vital to have following us all the time. We don't think about them all the time. But thank God we're there. We can draw from them. Um, 
In Philippians 4, 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. So if we have a need now, and we bring that need, oh Lord, take care of the need, but it says, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Well, now we need to draw from what's already a big uh, a mountain of goodness and mercy behind us and stop and just pause and take a look and view it over and have a good thanksgiving session with the Lord. That'll help our prayer and our faith with our prayer of what faces us today. Thank God they follow us like that all the time, and there's so much to draw from. David, he had such ups and downs as far as things he faced. One time he was already being chased by King Saul, and he had his band of men, and they were out away from Zigzag, which was their, where their home at that time. And they left their families and their children, and they were out to uh, go on a mission. And when they came back, the place had been plummaged. The enemy had come and sacked the city and burned it and took away all of their families and carried them away. And guess where all of his men looked? They looked to David. Now what, David? In fact, they wanted to stone David, though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. They wanted to stone David. He thought he was waiting for a stone at any moment. But then it says he encouraged himself in the Lord. Well, how must he have done that? He just had to have paused and turned around and just stood there and looked at that big mountain of God's goodness and mercy that had been following him and still were right there in the middle of all that tragedy. They were there. They were still still there right behind him. He must have just paused and turned around and looked that over and had a good talk with God about it. And he, how, I don't know, how else would you encourage yourself in the Lord? Especially when we're told with, with thanksgiving, let our request, he had a request, huge request. Yes, as long, not really that long of a story because they retrieved everything so quickly. God went before them. Let your requests be made known with thanksgiving unto the Lord. That's what David did. Thank God for that goodness and mercy that's following each one of the child of God. They're there backing us up all the time. We each have our hands full, really, don't we? To give God proper thanks for His goodness and His mercies. One time there was, the Lord's was, on his way to Jerusalem, going through Samaria, Galilee, he went through a little town and there were 10 lepers off on the side of the road. And they began to call. They said, Lord, have mercy on us. And so they were, they kept their distance. So he just said, go show yourselves to the priest. He didn't even tell them they would be healed. He just said, go show yourself to the priest, and as they went, well, as far as even the priest, the priest was the one that was the the Jewish priest was the the official one to declare whether someone was unclean or clean with leprosy, whether they could be in society or had to remove themselves from society. So they were the official word. So he said, "Go show yourself to the priest." Of course, by that, it gave him some obedience to do. 
Very important. It also then would have come to the priest. It would have made it official to everyone around that they didn't have to to have a story or try to argue. It was official they were clean. It also was an incredible testimony to the priest and everyone else. So go show yourself to the priest. That's all. And as they did, they were all cleansed. But one of them said, I can't just keep going on like this, even though my mind's going, I've got my life back. You can imagine where their minds went. But one said, I have to go thank the Lord. So he stopped and went back and with a loud voice, fell on his knees before the Lord, cried out in thanksgiving. The Lord never told him to come and be sure and come and thank me. Be thankful for my goodness and mercy. He didn't tell him that at all. But boy, talk about powerful. And he said, so when the one came, he said, where are the nine? But then, but this man found it in his heart. I cannot go on any further unless I stop and thank the Lord for his goodness and his mercy. And just with a loud voice, he just, and he just knelt only there before the Lord. And the, the Lord said, thy faith has made thee whole. Whole from leprosy? He was already whole. They were all already whole. He was saved. Thy faith has made thee whole. Even as someone that's unsaved, if you don't know what to pray for, thank God that he, he helped you pray and be on your knees right now, just trying to pray. Because we can't come to the Lord except the Spirit draws us. Goodness and mercy all around. And always just waiting to follow each one in their life and have it stack up behind them as they face the Lord, the the life each and every day. And so this man went on his way whole. Thy faith has made thee whole. Faith and thanksgiving go hand in hand. How did he have that kind of faith? By coming back and being thankful. And he ended ended up being saved. What a testimony. What a first foundation first big goodness and mercy item to begin his big mountain of God's goodness and mercy that are now going to follow him each and every day of his life. And he he can expect to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We have concerns. Sure we do. But a good approach is to talk to God Stop and talk to God about all the big mountain of goodness and mercy that the Word of God says follows us. It's there. It doesn't disappear. And it's getting bigger all the time as we follow the Lord. And the Lord will will take it from there. You're not saved. You're not saved. Just do what that leper did. Just do what he did. And just stop and and thank the Lord for what he could thank the Lord for, what he knew to thank the Lord for. There again, even the fact that we even a person even wants to pray, even feels a need to pray, that's God's goodness and mercy. We can't pray otherwise. But go, oh, the mercy of God. And he's just waiting to have a start on this road, and it will happen for each and every one. God wants that for everyone. And everyone can have that and feel just like David stated with all of his heart. This is a conclusion. This is the result of where it's going. Surely it wasn't boastful very humbly, but 
I'm overwhelmed. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Incredible because of what God's been doing. Nothing in myself. God is good. We thank God. He's always there for us. Whatever the concerns are, God is able. Just look to the Lord. He'll bless you as you look to Him and open your heart in thanksgiving. We'll stand and sing 613. You're invited to pray.